Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Final Whistle Podcast. Ben Kane, Marvin Regletta, back at it once again. Ben, soccer, still relevant? I, all right, if you're, uh, if you're any fan of Europe, no. Well, apart from the Premier League, if you're an MLS fan, it's just starting. Just kick back. MLS is here, everyone. It's in the peak of its season right now. It, it is unbelievable. We have so much to talk about. The Champions League, the Premier League, the relegation battle uh, that's getting insanely crazy right now. We'll talk about La Liga. It's pretty much over because we have a crown champion. And then we'll get into some other news, including news of Mino Raiola, kind of the super agents in football. Uh, we'll talk about his legacy uh, in the game later on in the podcast. Ben, let's start off with the Premier League. Manchester United against Brentford. A huge game, Manchester United last week, you know, got a draw against Chelsea. They are a really struggling side. And then we found out the news that Eric Ten Hall is going to be the new Manchester United manager. So, I mean, right now, United don't look like they're going to get into the top four. So, what are we going to expect from this matchup here? I think Bruno Fernandes in his post-match, uh, in their last matchup, some did best, where they don't have anything to play for. And that is, right there is a sign of a team that's just struggling mentally to figure out what are they going to do. We saw that Diego Dalot came on there and said, we're going to fight for the fans. We're going to keep pushing for you because we want to get higher in the table for you. Bruno Fernandes just dropped it and said he doesn't really care about the season anymore. It's a team that just has no more identity. They're in this weird period where they know who their manager is. They know some players are coming back. Donny van de Beek's a name that's going to come back in, probably take a spot from someone under uh, Eric Tonhag. So these players are just kind of in limbo here. And yeah, yeah. they're trying to fight ahead for next season, trying to get their spot. But they're also, it's just so weird. They're all too complacent. I think Brentford is a very well-coached team, United with all of their defensive problems. We know Brentford love, love a good set piece. So with all of United's defensive problems, with Harry Maguire, especially a player who does not get enough criticism, he stinks. Um, it's going to be very hard for United to win this game. And I think it's going to end up, honestly, in a 1-1 tie because I don't see United doing anything unless Ronaldo puts them on their back once again. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, looking at the table right now, I mentioned, you know, they're pretty much can't get into the conversation into the top four in Champions League football. So they're six right now with 55 points with 35 matches being played. The two teams ahead of them, Tottenham have 61 points. Arsenal have 63 points. Both teams have one game less than United. So again, it's very unlikely they will get into the top four, even though it's mathematically not impossible, but I mean, when you look at this United team, there's so many issues, as you mentioned. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, despite, you know, I would say so many criticisms of Ronaldo, he doesn't press the way he plays. I think he also deserves credit for yeah. maintaining this United team, as you mentioned, in so many ways, the goals he scored. I mean, it was it 28 games, 17 goals this season. I mean, Crazy. He's, been, he's been basically what he's done his whole career, score goals, be that presence, as a forward that United lacked for so long. And then on the other side, Brentford, who right now were for a while was in the conversation for relegation battle. Looks like they're going to survive when they hit the 40 point mark, which likely means they will stay in the premier league. And for them, I think this is a game that we'll see again. It might be kind of, 
In this matchup, I think we could see a 0-0 draw. We could see a, a, a win from United. They're home. I mean, they haven't had a, a good home record all season. The last time these two teams played, uh, United did win in January. So, you know, the question will be for me with this United team is what players will stay, what players will go. I think this is an audition as we see a lot in football with new managers coming in later. We saw it as with Manchester City when, when Pep – uh, was announced he was going to be the new manager of, Man of Manchester City. And we saw players kind of making their case for Pep Guardiola to keep him. And I think for United, that's the case for some of these players. Bruno Fernandez, you know, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Harry Maguire, who was that playing. Yeah. Uh, some of these fullbacks, some of these players, I think they could have an opportunity to show what they have because that's – literally what they have left they don't have anything else to play for so you know this is going to be an opportunity to see if some of those players that could show eric ten Hall what they're made of and there's one player that we didn't mention at all who has been on the outs this whole season under ralph frankick and it's slowly finding his form but he has just announced he's leaving nemanja matic yeah. is a name where he was one of i think he was honestly one of the best chelsea center mids during that period when he was in his prime comes to United, gets some game time at the very beginning, and then slowly drops off. But he's a player that, yes, United are struggling. Yes, a lot of the players don't look like they want to play for the squad. He's someone who's really just stepped it up for no reason. Like, he doesn't have to do this. He knows he's leaving at the end of the season, but he's still fighting for a team that signed him, that brought him in, welcomed him into this community. So it's nice to see him stepping up. He's one of my favorite center mids uh, in the past era. But like you said, there's not many players here who really – I don't think many of these United players stay, which is crazy. Cause if you talked about this a year ago, this was the United squad. That was potentially the best team in all of England on paper. And now it's who's going to stay anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, again, there's going to be a lot of questions still of, of Eric Ten Hall. As you see, there's so many news coming out uh, of United of what's going to happen. Is he going to have the full power making some of the transfers that he wants? And, and, you know, again, what's going to be the future of Ronaldo? Honestly, in my opinion, I think he could stay. I think he's still a voice and a presence that could be uh, part of any team. And, and the way he just scores goals just at that level still is very impressive despite being, you know, 37 years old and, you know, he's not the players he, he once was with the way he pressed anymore, but still, you know, those amount of goals you don't see very often as we see with many teams uh, in European football. Uh, let's move on Ben and talk about uh, Manchester city. They had a huge win over Leeds United. We'll get into kind of both angles there, but Manchester city win, they are still in first place right now in the Premier League. Still a very close race uh, between Manchester City and Liverpool. It's one point right now, 34 uh, games in, 83 points for City. Uh, it was a little shaky in that first half, Ben, but they got the job done. Yeah, it's one of those... It's slowly going back to what we know as the old City, where they'd have that bit of a shaky start, and then they just kicked it off. We see 59% possession the whole game. So City need these games, these games against Leeds, these games against Norwich, Watford, these bottom, as we saw the Watford game, I don't think we had a podcast when it happened, but they absolutely steamrolled them as well. Um, but they need these games to build up confidence heading into the final four games this season. Obviously, their schedule is a little bit easier than Liverpool's, so 
it's kind of favoring towards city to win the title, but having these games as confidence boosters is huge. Um, And we see the likes of Jack Grealish getting involved in a little bit of the action, playing decent, a player that's we've heavily criticized a lot of the time. Gabriel Jesus, once again, finding himself on the score sheet. I think when you think about a picturesque Manchester city win, it's a clean sheet, which they got more than three goals, which they got. And another stipulation that I always think if you can get Fernandinho on the score sheet, that to me is the perfect Manchester City win. We saw it against Stoke uh, when they won seven to two, I believe, when he got on this. Yeah. So it's a good game. Obviously, Leeds are struggling. Jesse Marsh trying, like we've talked yeah. about so many times, getting people out of the Marco Bielsa mindset. It's going to take him a while, and we're seeing that. Um, he didn't really have too too much to say. I think he talked a little bit about um, refereeing decisions in the first half, where he felt it was going more City's way than his, and that's where they kind of slipped up. But like I said, this is just a game for City to just keep the momentum going, heading into those final few games of the season so that they don't slip up. Because at this point, it's what team slips up first that's going to win the title. Yeah, huge win for City. I, I think, honestly, that's big, as you talked about earlier. I, you know, they, again, you know, they're coming off a game midweek. You know, obviously, Leeds United are still playing for the relegation battle. And, you know, they're away and, 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 you know, Manchester City just, you know, had to make sure they could did it. They looked a little shaky in that first half, you know, one go up, you know, some opportunities that could have shift the game. And in that second half, as you mentioned, they just turned it on uh, and they just went another level. You know, it's curious to see also Gabriel Jesus, who's, who's really just found his form late in the season. Uh, the question of, of, of what's his future in Manchester City with the potential move of Erling Holland to City. So I honestly would say, I mean, it's weird that, you know, he's found his kind of number nine form late in the season when potentially they could sign a number nine. But, you know, on that note, I still think that the favorites, uh, when you're looking at the Premier League title, I mean, looking at their schedule, I mean, they, they're pretty much guaranteed, uh, I mean, easier run than Liverpool. We've talked about this previously. But still, you know, they still have to, get the job done, continue to win these kind of games. And I, again, playing away uh, a Leeds United isn't easy at all. And so when you look at that, I think their next matchup will play against, uh, it would be against Newcastle United. And then they play Wolves on the road, West Ham, Aston Villa. So it seems like it's still uh, a toss up if they could win out, because that's pretty much what I think they need to do is win out the rest of the game. Uh, between these two teams, Liverpool and City. So, hey, they got the job done. Gabriel Jesus can, continues to have a tremendous run late in the season. And I think this is going to help City. I think, obviously, you know, getting a comfortable win and making some rotations, it will help them uh, in their Champions League match, who, who we, which we will talk about a little bit later. But uh, that I, I think also for Leeds United, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure, Ben, if they're going to stay up. We'll talk about I Everton a little bit later. Yeah, we'll get in, we'll, when we get into Everton. When we get to Everton, we'll, we'll focus yeah. on that. But, I mean, that loss, I mean, puts them in a really tough position right now because I think these two other teams that we'll get to get into is might be in a better form. It knocks on their goal differential as well, too. It knocks their goal yeah. differential. So, really puts them in a, in a tough position. And now I feel like this, after 16 years and coming back to the Premier League, 
we could see another shift in this Leeds United team after we thought, you know, they would, you know, after they got a couple wins under Jesse Mars, we saw some confidence in the players, but again, it, it, it was a Rocky Hill and now they're trying to climb up again. So we'll see what happens there, but that's a huge, huge win for Manchester City to maintain themselves because Liverpool get a huge win over Newcastle United. Uh, ben, I mean, Liverpool continue to, to have this tremendous form and, you know, they didn't look like they were going to get the, the win, but they did. And they are still in the hunt for the title. I mean, what was the reaction from, from the way Liverpool played against Newcastle? I want to, I want to talk about Newcastle here. I love Newcastle. I think Eddie Howe has done a fantastic job. They're 10th on the table. Now this is a team that, when he came in, I, if I'm not mistaken, they were in 18 or 19. They were struggling for results. They couldn't score. Yes, they didn't score in this game. That's okay, though. I think the fact that they obviously they let a goal in, I think, within the first 20 minutes, Snappy Kate's up, but they held on to this game the whole time. They were never yeah. not out of it. Liverpool might have had the run of play the whole time, but Newcastle are a team that somehow finds a way to stick in there. And you see it with the players and how they fight for each other. The likes of Dan Byrne just jumping in front of any ball that comes near him. I think Miguel Almiron as well as a player that needs to be highlighted. Everyone shifts their focus. The other side, Alan St. Maximin and Joe Linton as well, putting in that work. But Miguel Almiron, if you watch him during the game, he probably runs the most out of any Premier League player I've ever seen in my lifetime. He will go from 18 to 18 after he loses a ball, tracking down a player and just keep going. That's the type of player that Newcastle need. That's why they keep staying in these close games. Liverpool, obviously, edging it. They had one of the, I mean, arguably, it was one of the best benches we've ever seen from any team with the likes of Salah, Fabinho, Thiago, uh, Trent's on there as well, Harvey Elliott, all these players that they have at their disposal, which is it's to Newcastle's disfavor that they weren't able to get this. But Newcastle are a team that are going to be a team to watch in the future, even without the money. Just look at this squad. Now they are very good. They are a very well-coached team. I've always said Eddie Howe deserves a big time manager spot. And we're seeing it right now. Congratulations. Newcastle this is a, a fantastic game from you. <laughs> no, it, it also, it, you know, they're, I think they will stay They're 40 points. I mean, listen, they were in the relegation battle for a while and now they are really cruising again. Also the signings they, they made the money they have now with the kind of, the financial backing of their owners. And I also think Eddie Howe is a really good manager as well. I think, you know, he's a manager that was in a really tough position in a really small club. And sometimes when you get an opportunity in these big clubs and you take advantage of it, we see the results and we see the results with Newcastle United. They were really in a good form despite this loss against Liverpool or Liverpool team, as I mentioned, are on one of the best forms right now in European football and Liverpool had to really struggle to get that win. And it's never easy. St. James's Park is never easy, as we've seen historically. I mean, for any team, any of the top teams, they go to St. James's Park. Chelsea, Chelsea are a team that always struggles at St. James's Park. <laughs> yes, and, and we see it's just it's such a tough place to play. And Liverpool really had to find that way to get that one goal to, to get over the line, and they did. And I think that's going to help them in this race. Again, Liverpool our team that this is let's you know they've been playing games four or five days in a row i mean yes they've played you know the, the the same amount of games as city but still i mean the rotations have 
helped them. And I think that's really why they're still in this race for the title. I also will point out that they have Aston Villa next. They got Chelsea next, Southampton, and then Wolves last game in the Premier League. Still, as you look at it, I think, you know. That Chelsea game is an FA Cup game as well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. FA Cup game. Yes. I mean, that's also games that are just, I mean, it's, I'm not, you know, they've mentioned the quadruple. I don't think that's out of the picture, but I don't think that's likely going to happen. The amount of games you just have left and you still have Champions League football. What do you prioritize here? What do you like? See, see, if I'm Liverpool, I prioritize two things. I mean, the FA Cup, I guess, you know, if, I mean, I guess if I'm, if I uh, me personally, I would go Champions League and the Premier League. I mean, I think FA Cup is cool. I get it, you know, but the biggest two competitions in, in the world are the Champions League and the Premier League. And I go for those two more than the FA Cup. You know, if I'm if I'm Liverpool, I, I honestly would prioritize the Champions League because I think everyone expects City to win the Premier League. I think that's without a question, it's City's league to lose at this point. But going out and winning the Champions League completely overshadows City's Premier League win. So if you're any Liverpool executive, you're looking at that Champions League and saying, okay, if we can't win the Premier League, let's just go out and let's win the Champions League and we'll try to keep doing that. Because I don't see Liverpool, especially with that Tottenham game and with the Aston Villa game, who are always a very gritty team, I don't see them winning either of those games. Or it's going to be very close, like a very big toss-up, so... Prioritizing the Champions League is not a bad thing. And if you make that known earlier, it, it'll be good. If you want to give up one or the other, it's going to be difficult. But Manchester City, Liverpool still in it. When we come back, we'll talk about more in the Premier League. Top four race, Everton, huge win. And we'll go into Spurs and much more. We are back. We'll continue to be on this Premier League conversation. Ben, let's start with kind of some of the top four uh, names, let's first start with Arsenal. Get a huge win over West Ham United. That likely puts West Ham United also out of the race in Champions League football. Huge win for Mikel Arteta once again. And then on the other side, Spurs get a win over Leicester City, who's really had a struggling season. Yeah. Both teams win. Arsenal still maintain that fourth-place position. Right now, I mean, how do you look at it, Ben? Yeah, if Go you're ahead. looking for a name, it's Arsenal. I, they finally get their win again. Like it's, it was a, I think it was a struggle for the last. They beat Chelsea, but apart from that, they've been like fluky with form, where they win some games and then they drop off. But especially now with the likes of Eddie and Ketia kind of stepping up. Uh, obviously, he didn't score in this game. We saw the two center backs, something that you don't really see too often, scoring against West Ham, but. With Eddie and Ketia coming back, as well as Tomayasu coming back into the squad, getting some valuable minutes to kind of keep progressing towards his recovery, it's really just Arsenal's season to lose. Um, I don't see Tottenham as kind of that force that will push uh, Arsenal over the edge. Obviously, the lights of uh, Kulaveski, I guess how you say it, has kind of come in and taken the league by storm, but I don't see them pushing Arsenal. Arsenal just seem like more of a well-rounded team. We saw this against West Ham. Uh, they're able to get the results. So it sucks for a West Ham fan seeing the team kind of drop off back into seventh place now, but it's Arsenal's Champions League spot to lose, and I don't see them losing it. I hope, 
You're right. No, I mean, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I was really bashing on Arsenal because, you know, yeah. we they lost three straight and we're really concerned if they can maintain it after. Honestly, they've had an overall well put season. And now, once again, they come back. I think that huge win a couple of weeks ago they had was big. Uh, and now, you know, Spurs are also still maintaining it. And as we again, we look at the the table it's really close. So any points that are game between these two clubs are, are massive. And also, by the way, if you don't know, these two teams have one more fixture head to head, which honestly puts a lot of pressure <laughs> on both clubs. kind of honestly go perfect because look, look at the schedule for Arsenal, Arsenal play Leeds United who struggled as we talked about. And then the following week, they play against Spurs, which I think will be the, the game that everybody probably wants to watch. This yeah. game will be in Tottenham Stadium or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But And then they go to Newcastle, and then they go to Everton. So Keep an eye on that Everton game. That could yeah. be a very big game for Everton. Trying to get And also for that. Arsenal. I mean, who yeah. knows? That, that, that could be, be some, the day. That might be a huge game. And again, who knows what happens at that position that could lead, you know, to something we'll talk about later. But I mean, again, and then when you look at Spurs' next, was it four matches, they will be against Liverpool. Not easy. And then obviously we talk about the game against Arsenal. Then it came Burnley, Norwich. I mean, when you look at that schedule, looks like, again, I think the game against Liverpool will be very tough. Our, obviously against Arsenal as well. And then they have pretty much two easy games when you look at it. So uh, two points is the difference between the two clubs, two London teams, which is funny, and arch rivals. I mean, honestly, when I look at schedule, Ben, I think Spurs still have a chance. I mean, despite yeah. Arsenal having the better team, I mean, Harry Kane and Youngming Song have just been fantastic as a duo i still think and with antonio conte with the experience what this team has and they still could be a team with experience that could collapse as well that game against arsenal will be massive i know we'll talk about that even more when it comes up next week but still honestly this is going to be a game that honestly will bring so much energy between Spurs and Tottenham with the fans, with the, just the, they don't like each other. These two teams that oh, hate London <laughs> don't like each other. So, you know, it's going to be massive. I, uh, for a little, for a little teaser, I might've actually picked the North London Derby for my football. Who? Ooh. Uh, okay. All London right. Derby. I saw this. And I was like, oh, I might do that. So a I have a couple, I have a nice little champions league one. So we'll see a little teaser right there. <laughs> to everybody that's listening in, but uh, no, it, it, it's, a, it's going to be huge, you know, last couple of games for these two clubs. And man, it's going to bring a lot of, a lot of great football out of these two teams. So we'll find out what happens, but man, it's going to be something. One, and it, yeah, one, go really, ahead, continue. one really quick thing uh, is we talked about last year. We didn't really touch on them too, too much. I think it's the seven year anniversary today of when they won the Premier League. Um, a fantastic story. Obviously, Leicester almost relegated the season before, just stayed up, and then they defied all odds in one of the greatest like underdog stories of all time, winning the Premier League. So I think we have to mention that today. Today is that day. So congratulations, Leicester. Uh, truly one of the greatest Premier League seasons I've ever watched. 
Yeah, it was one of those crazy. You know, it's so funny. That was I was where was that? I think I was that year was 20, 2015. 15. I was still where was I? I was still wow. I was still in high school. Wow. That was crazy. I was in middle school. Oh my I was goodness. in eighth grade, about to graduate. I remember that. I remember watching their run. It was pretty crazy. And I, I will say that. I mean, it's probably when you look at it, a Ted Lasso story. If people watch, don't know Ted Lasso, I mean, go watch it. It's really cool. It's really fun. And I, I honestly would say that lineup that you look back and I'm like, well, that's a pretty good team. I mean, yeah. to win the title. I mean, I'll, I don't, I, I don't think we'll ever see something and it's changed history as we know it because the bet making and all that is kind of changed because of what Lester did. I mean, <laughs> I think, I, I think one person bet on Lester and I think they've, I don't know how much money they won. They won a lot. I remember they that. Put, they put, like, I think they put a thousand on them and it was like insane. Cause they oh were my God. minus 300,000 or yes. something. Like it was yep. crazy. But yeah, I thought we had to mention it. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And we'll move on talking about the last game in the most important game in relegation battle Everton. Wow, we didn't think this would come down to them, but yes, it is. And yet, they got a huge victory, a game that I don't think anybody thought they would win. A one nothing win over Chelsea, a Chelsea team that honestly is still looking like a team that's just kind of coasting right now towards the end of the season, with nothing less to play. And they got a huge victory, Ben. One massive victory to keep, the com- keep them in the conversation to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, look at the table. Liverpool and City already wrapped up first and second. Either either way, they've wrapped up first and second. So Chelsea kind of just vying for that third-place spot. They got to be careful now. When you're looking at a fixture like Everton in a few years, or like this gonna, uh, a few years ago, it's a tough game to go into. Playing at Goodison Park is a very difficult place to go. And they lost. And, and then all of a sudden, yes, it was a fantastic result for Everton. Congratulations, Frank Lampard, going up against the team. Uh, the manager that replaced you, the team that fired you, players that you brought in made who they are, Mason Mount especially. Um, It's just so weird to look at Chelsea right now. I mean, I don't know if you saw the tweet from Mark Pulisic the other day. Yeah. Very cryptic tweet about Pulisic. uh, Christian has like a few six months left, and then I don't know what he's doing, but like this is stuff that's going to be happening every week if these results keep going. And it's out of their control, obviously, the team and the players that all this financial stuff is happening behind the scenes, but there's still a game to be played at hand. And when you go to a place like Everton, the team that has struggled all season and and a result like this happens, there's got to be some like red flags popping up if you're Chelsea's back room. And I'm sure there are, excuse me. (laughs) I'm sure there are, but it's just, it's just not good. It's, it's not good enough from Chelsea. They're better than this. I mean, it, they're just better than that. And it's just sad to see because this is a Chelsea team that I like watching. They're fun. They're exciting. Probably one of the most like technical teams I like to watch apart from City and Liverpool. But to see them lose against Everton is just not. It's, it, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I, I think they, they dropped 66 points. Now Arsenal only three behind. Spurs only five behind. Both all teams are have games in hand. So... It's pretty much, I mean, Chelsea, as you said, put themselves back into that position. I mean, Everton, incredible. I think before this result, I, if you would have asked me who would get relegated, I honestly thought it was going to be Everton. 
But that after sucks. that, I really do. I really thought they they would not get a result. Chelsea wins, and they honestly, after what uh, Burnley have done the last couple of weeks and getting some of these huge victories, I just didn't think it would happen. I think, and you know, they got uh, that was big, and that was big, and I really think this will help them stay in the Premier League. I honestly do. When I look at now the relegation battle, Norwich is out. Looks like Walford is not mathematically out, but they're out. Yeah, and. It's between those three teams, Burnley, Leeds United, Everton. And now when you look at Everton's schedule. With the game in hand as well. With the game in hand. So looking at their fixtures, they have Leicester City. I think something fell. Leicester City, Walford, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Arsenal. When you look at that, it's an easy run in any other year. It's an easy run. But in this specific year, they're going to have problems. I, I think, Ben, when I yeah. look at their schedule, if they can win those two games at home, and I'm, I'm, this is what I'm pretending. I'm pretending to think they could win their two games at home. Yes, they struggled. They're still at home and away from home. That's probably been the biggest reason why they're in this battle. They have to get some result against Leicester or Walford, and I think they will stay. How many points do you think they need from they those need, five games? How many points do you think they need? To they, stay need they need at least, I would say, five points to stay in. Okay. Five uh, points I, to stay in. I think Burnley are going to go down. I don't know you why. Think Burnley. I think Burnley, because if, if you look at it, if Everton win their game in hand, they leapfrog Burnley and Leeds. I just don't see Burnley staying up. I think Jesse Marsh has enough in this group, enough of people that like him and that trust him to do a good job that they will stay up. I don't think Burnley stay up. But then if Leeds or Everton go down, though, we have to talk about how it's going to be a dumpster fire. I mean, you look at Leeds roster. Rafinha came Very out today happy. from <laughs> $75 million to $25 million as a release clause. The likes of Calvin Phillips just coming back, Patrick Bamford, Jack Harrison, Melier, all these guys are going to be gone. And then you look at Everton, and I don't see a player that stays. I think no, no. their whole squad leaves. Um, because their whole squad is Premier League caliber players. They just can't – they're not coached. Absolutely. And all right, So, looking at the Burnley schedule, I just, I just found this in the meantime. Aston Villa, Spurs, Aston Villa, Newcastle. Two of the – Two, two to five, two to four games left are at home. Two of the other games are on the road. Winnable games for me. And the way they're playing, honestly, they can, as I said, get, was it five points? Yeah. I think they could get five points easy. Now, let me check the Leeds United schedule. But just, I think Burnley's schedule is even better than Everton's. If you look at that. Yeah, I think, it's, I think Astonville is such a tough team, though. Yeah, they're safe. But if you're Jared and it's your first Premier League season, you want to come in there and go as high as you can. And I think that's where they're going to slip up. I don't, I don't see them beating Aston Villa either time. I, Leeds is, I think Leeds have, have the worst schedule. I think and, and, Yeah, they, so they have Arsenal, Chelsea. Uh, uh, was it a Brighton? Brighton's no easy Brentford. place either. Brighton's Not no an easy team. Mm-mm. I, I think I think when I look at it schedule-wise and look at form-wise, it's Leeds United. I mean, I, Ben, I just think this is Leeds United. I, I just think the schedule of what happened. I mean, 
I honestly would say that Everton win some help. They will survive. If, if we look back and, and, and we look at Everton surviving in the Premier League, it will be because they beat Chelsea. I am telling you right now that victory. I did not think Chelsea was going to lose against Everton. And because of that, I think Everton will survive. I, I just, if they didn't get those three points, I think Leeds United will find a way to survive. I think that three point gap will re- mix so much in relic in these relegation battles. I just think that's where it's going to come down to. I, I think uh, we're both agreeing. Everton's going to go down. It's just who goes down, uh, who stays up. It's just who goes down. Mm, yeah. So yeah, it's Ben. Gonna yeah, it's gonna be insane, honestly. But we got we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about this. But man, oh man, it's gonna be some t- some type some type of relegation battle between the. It's gonna be crazy. I'm excited. Crazy. I'm excited. All right, when we come back, we'll get into the Champions League. Coming back, Champions League. Man, oh man, oh man. So many good Champions League semifinals were matches. The City. Real Madrid, Liverpool, Villarreal. I mean, we had a lot of conversation going on, but let's first start with Manchester City, Ben. Huge win. A lot of goals. A lot of uh, great individual performances. And we saw a team at Manchester City that won the first leg, but still felt like they lost. I mean, where do you look at the second leg? In the Santiago Bernabeu, Manchester City only up one goal over Real Madrid. I love, I love Man City. I think I've said it about a million times here. It's bye bye to the Champions League for Manchester City. I don't see them winning. I, like here, I think the main problem here right now is that uh, because City are still in the Premier League and Real Madrid are not, like, are their league's done. Real Madrid could go out there and throw in twelve young guys and be okay because they've won the league. City, on the other hand, I'm. <sighs> I just, I just don't, I don't see it happening. And I know, I know that City, they both play this weekend and there's no games in between, but the fact that Real Madrid could go out and rest a few guys for that and City really have to put everything into all those games and they're training like they need to win every single game. Whereas Real Madrid, I'm sure it's a little more lackadaisical. I just don't see it. And the fact that City let up three goals, I'm not happy. I, I was not happy when I saw this and I watched this game. It's, I just don't know. I, I don't like Benzema either. I, I praise Benzema every time. He's the best player in the world. But when he plays against my team, I don't like him. <laughs> I'm nervous. But I'm saying that as, uh, as a neutral, because I think when you looked at it, I felt like City left something in that game, in that first leg. I felt like they should have won by two goals. The fact you gave Real Madrid life and in a season in a Champions League campaign where Real Madrid, honestly, Ben, has no fear whatsoever in any result. As you saw against PSG, they came back, they were down, and they scored. It was an insane three goals, and they come back and beat PSG in, in a collapse, but also a historical comeback for Real Madrid. Then they do it once again against Chelsea, not only do, you know, they dominate that historic performance from Kareem Benzema, are down 3 nothing. They come back, they score goals, and they win the leg. I mean, this Real Madrid team has no fear with Kareem Benzema, who is honestly, and we've talked about this, the best player in the world at the moment. 
I felt like they left something on the table and we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the city players will come back again. The question was with will be with how they're going to defend Vinicius, how they're going to defend Benzema. I think honestly is more focused on Vinicius than Benzema because Vinicius's pace is just completely different than yeah. some of these other players on the field. And we saw what he did to that goal against Fernandinho. That was just, I mean, man, yeah, they mean some flashes of Ronaldinho if people know what I'm talking about. I mean, that was fantastic. But if there's you know, one, yeah, if there's one thing to, to counter that, if there's one thing City have to look forward to in this game, it's that they will be able to defend Vinicius. They will be able to, because they will have Cancelo back, who is out for disciplinary reasons, and they'll have Kyle Walker most likely back. Um, that could be the key right there because you're playing John Stones. I think it was John Stones was at right back at one point. And then you had Zinchenko. Those are not traditional wing backs. So getting no. those two, the arguably Kyle Walker is the best right back in the world. I'll take that to the grave. And then the best left back Ooh, in the world. Ooh, I don't know about that, Ben. Ooh, that, that, I don't know about that. But getting those two guys back could push them over the edge. Uh, yes. That's that's key right there. That's the key to this game is those wing backs. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. And I think also Diaz getting another week and recovery. I think obviously he 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 again, you know, sometimes when you kind of you, we see with Gerard Piquet on the Barca side, like you, you come back from sometimes quickly that you're still not ready. I think you know he has another week to get his kind of body back to where it was. And let's see if he could be fully fit. Cause I think if he's fully fit, Ruben Diaz, I think he he will really help City. Yeah. And Real Madrid's point of view, again, all they need is one goal to tie. That's all they need. One goal to tie, two to win. And we've seen his, this season that Real Madrid have done that. They could do anything. And as we saw against all of those teams before, as I mentioned, they could do it. So it would be a tremendous second leg. I think we're going to see something special. And could Kareem Benzema be the hero? Potentially. Can maybe Kevin De Bruyne or Phil Foden do it once again? Maybe. But I think that's kind of what we're looking forward to, a very good quality match. And also Pep Guardiola, can he get his tactics right yet again? I think he'll, I think if he, I think he'll go, I think he'll pretty much go with the same lineup he did. Yeah. Maybe he can make a couple of tweaks, but I think Jesus is still at this moment, still like, I don't think you drop him. I think you keep maybe real Mares. I think he also, I think you keep Mares if, if you maybe, and then you got Foden. The Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, and Rodrigo. So, so, so long as yeah. so long as Gundogan doesn't play the the ten, I'm okay. <laughs> it, it, I I think hopefully Guardiola gets his tactics right because again this will this is something that matches City fans and you could talk about this Ben like this is the trophy you guys have oh yeah honestly have been wanting for so long under Pep Guardiola because he you know we've seen what he's done in the past. <laughs> And this is the trophy that, in, in City's eyes, is the one that means a little bit more. So we'll find out against the one of the biggest competitors in the Champions League in Real Madrid, and we'll see what happens. But that's going to be an incredible second leg between Real Madrid and Manchester City. I want to get into the second leg. This one's a little less intense as the first leg. Liverpool go up and you get a huge 2 nothing win. Honestly, one of the big dominations uh, in the semifinals that I've seen in a very long time. Villarreal got one shot, and it wasn't even one shot on goal. One shot. That's all they did. 
<laughs> no possession. We're really dominated. And honestly, people were bringing up, if you saw this on social media, that, you know, Villarreal were a disgrace to, to the Champions League of the performance they did in the semifinals. So, Ben, Liverpool looked very comfortable in this leg, very comfortable. But as we saw with Bayern Munich, Villarreal sometimes at home can turn it up a level. Do you see yeah. Villarreal potentially coming back in this, in this leg? I think, I think if Liverpool only had scored one, you'd be like, okay, they, there's a good shot Villarreal come back. I don't see them putting three past Liverpool. That's the problem. If they have to go put two past them because they're one nothing down, it's shaky. I just don't see Villarreal as a very high-scoring team against these high-caliber teams. We saw it against Bayern Munich, like you talked about, where they just got one or two chances and they put them away. Yeah. But if you're not creating any chances against Liverpool, who are one of the most defensive teams in the world, it's going to be very difficult to try to score. So I don't see them as much as I want them to go because it seems like that IX fairy uh, fairy tale ending where they go to the finals and they or semifinals and they just lose. But I really don't see them getting anything out of this. Um, I think Liverpool can kind of rest, but they also just can't be too complacent in this sense. So it'll be interesting. But I, I think. I think it's Liverpool's almost wrapped up. It's about 95% theirs. They just need to get over the finish line. I've said, I said this on the record and people didn't believe me. This is, uh, this is to Brian Cano message for you. You were wrong. He <laughs> said Villarreal had a chance. I said, Liverpool will not. This is a horrible matchup for Villarreal. And guess what? I was right. Well, <laughs> I was. Well, because when you look at the matchup, I just think Liverpool right now are in form. And Villarreal and Villarreal are a good team, but there's levels to this. And look at the quality Liverpool had, the way they play. Villarreal had no chance. They were defending from the first minute, and you cannot do that against this Liverpool team. No. You could do that against Bayern Munich, who, as we saw, again, continue to struggle in a team that's really struggling to find its form. But this Liverpool team, the way this team is playing right now, no. That's not you, you can't do that. And Uwen Emery's we'll give him credit. Again, he's a very good manager under these two. Uh, you know, he's very good Europa League, a very good Champions League, but you cannot, cannot defend a full game in Anfield on the Champions League in a full crowd. Are you kidding me? We, we I it reminded me of what Barcelona went through when they lost, what was it, three nothing? Yeah, the, yeah, the four-nothing. When Liverpool were sucking the life out of Barcelona and those was it those two goals in like two minutes. The genius too, right? It was it yeah. was it reminded me of that because just the way that crowd, the way they played, and the way they just came and just attacked for it was really just it was too much. And I think yes, Villarreal defended really well. I mean, it was zero zero up to a certain point in the second half, but once they got that goal, I mean they could have got four. They could have got five. That's the way I looked at that game. And just, you can't do that. You have to somehow, some way come out. And they didn't do that enough. And that's why I think they will, will get punished on the counterattack. They will try to go for the game on, on this week. And I just don't think that, that will work out. I think Liverpool will advance. And I think it will be very comfortably. I think I think Liverpool though expects them to sit in. I don't think Liverpool expect them to really go after this game, especially how we've seen them play before. Yeah, so Villarreal I mean, come in in those first 10, 15 minutes and just press the hell out of them. You might see Liverpool cough up a goal, and then it's just I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's literally just. I think it's those first 10 minutes. I think 
Yeah. They can figure out how to play and how to really get Liverpool on the back foot and get them uncomfortable. Then it's a completely different game. But if you sit in like you're talking about, it's not going to work. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But man, man, oh man, we have some, some, we have some competition in Champions League. And we'll leave it there when we come back to La Liga. As they've been crowned the new champs, we'll quickly wrap around La Liga, talk about some of the major stories, and then we'll move on here on the Final Whistle Podcast. Coming back, well, we have a new crown La Liga champion, and that is Real Madrid. They get a 4 nothing win over Espanyol. Uh, Real Madrid, once again, very comfortable in their win, in their margin. Carlos Ancelotti gets another title with Real Madrid. You know, mind you, he's one of the great managers in European football. And we saw what happened when he switched from Everton to Real Madrid. But, I mean, Ben, look at this season. What's changed? What was different with this Real Madrid squad when you look at it this season in La Liga? You know, I think in the rundown, no one can see the rundown, but you have summed it up perfectly. The question you've posed to me is, was Real Madrid good or La Liga bad? Real Madrid, I mean, we've seen in Europe, they've been a top-class team all season, and we've seen that they can get these wins when they need to, and they've been dominating in Europe. But look at La Liga. The fact that Barcelona were so far behind for such a long time and only what, a month or two ago, where, like, maybe they'll come chase them, and it was about how Barcelona can catch up. Same with Atletico, where they're always just, they're just there. I mean, they're, they're always at the top. Sevilla as well, like, there's just no competition right now. I think next year, like we've talked about so many times, Barcelona will be challenging Real Madrid for that uh, top spot, but this year, there was just no competition for Real Madrid. It was just easy pickings, really. Uh, I think La Liga, I think the question, La Liga was bad. And I, I think any Real Madrid fan will look at this and say, yes, we did win the league, but there was nothing for us to lose here. Like they had a, de- a very good squad and they just got results when they needed to. And it wasn't really that hard for them to get those results. Yeah, I looked at it. You know, this was a very good Real Madrid team. I think Kareem Benzema went up another level. I will say that. Vinicius really, you know, turned into a level I didn't think he, he had. And, you know, Carlos Ancelotti is a very very experienced manager. I really uh, just – I adore what he does, you know, tactically. Not only tactically, but what he does to a team. I mean, this Real Madrid team, let's not forget, they switched managers last season. You know, they were a team that had Zidane Zidane, and Zidane really struggled and had a lot of issues going on all season. This season, we didn't really see a lot of, you know, what we usually hear from Real Madrid because what Carlos Ancelotti brings, he brings like a, an experience, uh, a composure to some of these veteran players like Tony Kroos, Luka Modric, Casemiro, some of the players that he's had. It's just, it's just been different. And I think that's kind of the way we look at it. And yes, Barcelona, again, this Barcelona team is really bad. And this Atletico Madrid team is really bad this season. And I think when you look at it, I think it's more good Real Madrid when bad La Liga. I know bad La Liga could be an argument, but I think I didn't expect to have a really good Real Madrid when (laughs) you see some of the transitions that Barcelona's had. And more disappointingly, the Atletico Madrid. But, you know, again, Barcelona were out, Lille Messi, and then, you know, that was a huge transition. So I knew that Barcelona would compete potentially, but I wasn't sure they were going to win. And in Atletico Madrid's case, I mean, they just – 
they were just Atletico Madrid, so they weren't good enough. So I, I think really when you look at it, it it's going to be the question of when we look back at this title, I mean, was it just Real Madrid's time or was it just Barcelona's transition? I mean, as we see historically in Spanish football, sometimes the, that game against you know Barcelona could potentially lead into a competition next season. So huge win for Real Madrid, Karim Benzema, Tremendous. This is probably going to help his case with Ballon d'Or, um, getting that La Liga title. So that's great. And then they have more coming. So as again, Kylian Mbappe. I mean, we see Antonio Rudiger, who's one of my favorite players, uh, heading to Chelsea. Uh, excuse me, heading to Madrid. So that's a, another nice piece there. So I mean, this Real Madrid team has a lot to to bring, and I think they're going to have a nice title defense in the next season. Rudiger hurts. Rudiger really hurts. I think he's the great. I think. On his day, he rivals Ruben Diaz as one of the greatest center backs, but it's not how he defends. It's everything else that he does is just so perfect. And if you're a football fan, go watch Antonio Rudiger highlights and you will be amazed. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll leave it there. And also, let me just give you some of the results. Atletico Bilbao beats Atletico Madrid, who I likely still in the competition for European football. 2 nothing. Barcelona get a 2-1 win over Mallorca. We've got the return of Asu Fati. And also news that Ronald Araujo agrees with a new Barcelona contract to stay with the club until 2026. That is your La Liga wrap-up. When we come back, we'll talk about the legacy of super agent Mil Rayola, and then we'll get into football who. All right. We are back. We'll talk right now about Mino Raiola, the super agent that passed away at the age of 54. Ben, I want to get into the conversation of kind of what Raiola meant to football. I mean, he's represented one of some of the biggest players in the world. If you know people want to read, there's an article out on ESPN.com that kind of talked about the legacy of what he left in football. And then when you read about it, you talk about you know, he's talked about kind of, you know, he's never charged players. He's never taken any money in contracts. But, you know, he's changed the landscape because the one thing of the purpose of his job was to make sure the players um, get their compensation because of how much some of these major football clubs make and kind of led to some of these clubs kind of having some some beef with him. And, you know, we saw some of these big names sign with him. So, I mean, how do you look at the legacy of, of Mina Raiola in football? I think for a long time, there was a very negative connotation that came with Mina, Mina Raiola's name. We heard it in the likes of the whole saga with Paul Pogba's transfers, um, right. as well as some stuff with Gianluigi Donnarumma coming out, Boy Keane, especially a player who's been in a bit of turmoil. But you're right. He's completely changed what it means to be an agent or in term, uh, and represent these type of players in this time period, we're seeing players with million dollar contracts. He's making player. He's making players rich. Um, obviously you talked about how he didn't really have the best represent, uh, uh, relationships with the likes of Pep Guardiola, a player, uh, a manager has come out before and just, they don't like each other. They hate each other. They'll never do business with each other. Right. But that right, right there is a sign of how much he has changed the game. The fact that no player apart from maybe Holland now, no player represented by Munorello would ever have gone to a Guardiola team. He's completely changed the whole transfer saga, the whole transfer situation. He's a he was a top class guy, um, and what he's done will never not be appreciated for the sport. I think he also changed the way football is now 
the way agents have been approached now, and if you see the news that's coming out, the way now you wait from FIFA are going to switch kind of the way compensation will be headed to agents moving forward. That's why we saw this was going to be the last opportunity for a big deal of hauling and compensation for an agent like Mino Raiola, and then you would see something different. So I think he's changed the game in that aspect. Uh, and the way we see kind of the way he controls some of these contracts, I mean, we see Jorge uh, Mendez, who's a, a, another big super agent, represents Cristiano Ronaldo, many others. And he's a, a, another agent that's also part of this super agent agency in football. I think really what people and me that appreciate of he's always the biggest thing for him was importance of getting these contracts. And when you look at it, you know, of the players you mentioned, they, the contracts that he has made for these players have been well put. And that's why I think the appreciation of, of what he did was really well, because again, I think he made, I think this is the, yes, you can have the, a lot of Guardiola and coaches and, and even football clubs may not even like him, but I think he did the job of an agent helping those players out. And that's what he did with the representation of the players. And yes, he got a compensation of course. I mean, I don't believe him when he said, I ain't receive anything. I don't believe that at all, but, <laughs> but he definitely helped these players make the money that they were supposed to get. And even some of these contracts as you see, but that's what an agent's supposed to do. I think he really changed the game. I think he changed the rules. And I think obviously there will be another era when you look at Mino Raiola. I don't know if you can hear that. It's just trucks going around. Um, <laughs> but my, he was really a, a huge influence in football. I think we'll look back into what he did in the game as an agent, and we see the next generation of agents being a little learning for what he did. So I think we'll leave it there. And when we come back, we'll get into football. Who? Ben and myself will go at the test once again. We'll come back. All right, we're back. Football who? This is a, a nice competition once again between Ben and myself. And friendly, not friendly. <laughs> very, very not friendly, not friendly at all. We're not. We're we're enemies right now. Uh, we are honestly have so much to talk about because he has. A team that hopefully I got last time we went out. I really struggled to get that United side that peak. Uh, the living breaks, horrible, horrible. I had really, I was way off the pace. And yet, you had a couple questions right next week. So I'm back. I got some questions. Champions League focus. But Ben, you could start off. You know, you know, I uh, I was thinking about it. And I want to keep my North London Derby one until next week. So I've changed it. Okay. Um, we're talking about Everton. We're talking about big results Everton have won. Obviously, okay. we talked a lot about the Chelsea-Everton win. So... I picked a classic Everton 4 nothing win against one of my teams, Manchester City. Um, so I'll give you... I'll, uh, Claudio Bravo was in net, and he had an absolute stinker. Um, this won't give anything away, but Adam Lookman, I think, scored his first ever Premier League goal from the right-hand side. Or he scored two, I think. Um, actually, no, Lukaku scored one. Uh, so I'm going to give you the Everton side. They're lined up in a 3-5-2. Um... I don't know how many of these I would have gotten. I'll be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> you said it. You said it. You said it. Three five two. Three five two. Um, right. For Everton. What year, is it, what year is this? 2016. It's uh, March 6th, I believe. No, it's it's. Uh, I can actually tell you the exact date. Is it March right. 6th? It's uh, January 15th, 2017. 
Oh, 17. Okay, okay. 17, 17. Um, so yeah, right. I, I think it's a very, some of these names you'll get. So I'll, we'll go goalkeeper and then the three center backs. All right, I'm going to go with Pickford, Jordan Pickford. Okay. Uh, and then three center backs or three in the back. Yikes. I'm going to go with Shaman Coleman. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Phil Jalkielka. Okay. And I'm gonna go with 2017. 2017. Uh, Dan had John Stones. So, uh, da, 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 da. man, the I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint for one second. Is, is he an English he's, center back? He's Welsh. Damn. He played for Swansea and then went to Stoke right after. On a oh, I know. I know who it is. Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams. Okay. Uh, so those are your three. All right, those are your four. Uh, Pickford was still at Sunderland at this point. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was Joel Robles, who was Tim Howard's oh backup. That is incredible. Okay. Um, Ashley Williams, you got. Fair play, fair play. And then the other two center backs were Mason Holgate and Ramiro Funes Mori, if you remember him. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did not know that. I, I completely forgot about him. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh, well, I take I take the Ashley Williams. All right. I, I you know I remember him from the Swansea days. You know, and Michu. You know, all that stuff. He was good. Uh, he was good. <laughs> he was very good. Yeah, he was the captain. You know, he was very well 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 player that followed. All right. Let's get into mine. Um, we're gonna get into all these questions. Will be Champions League. So mind you, uh, okay. we'll go from. We have a couple from. Early 2008, and then we'll get into the 2010. So let's first start with the 2008. All right, Barcelona, Manchester United, 2008, a nice Champions League semifinals matchup. You know, uh, Barcelona lost the leg, one nothing, and it was only one goal. Second leg went 0-0. But one player scored for Manchester United. Ben, who was that one player who scored that one goal in 2008? I remember it like it was yesterday because I will never forgive Lucas Amprota ever. But oh my god, it's okay. a player in United that's known for making good goals. I'll give you a hint there. Is it? I feel like it's Nani. I really feel like it's Nani because I, I can see the jerseys in my head because it was it was the blue and red striped with the big yellow lettering, right? And then United were in the white and the the white jersey. Was it that game? Am I thinking the right game? Fuck. Nani, give, give me Nani. So two thousand eight again. This is Barcelona Champions League semifinals. Is it not final? Final answer. Nani, it's Nani. Your answer is wrong. <sighs> the answer is Paul Scholes. So I remember it like it was yesterday because it was a play where Barcelona was covering the ball. Lucas Ambrata, who was the right back at the time, literally just gives one of the most horrendous pass I ever <laughs> would see in a football match. I will never forgive him. He, he that's why from that game, that's why we're the, that's what that led to Danny Alves signing the team and then the rest is history. And Paul Schools gets the ball from the interception and hits a, just a screamer over Valdez. And the rest I will I will say. Paul Scholes is not the most creative player. When I'm thinking of players who created big goals, I'm thinking. I mean, of he's he's a big goal scorer. I mean, he scored like these long shots. I, I look at Paul Scholes as a player that that gets you know somebody. I 
I, I just look at it. Yeah. Possibly. You know, the hint did throw me off. I was still going to go Nani either way. I, uh, but yeah, okay. Okay. It's okay. You're not going to get any of the. the All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll find out. Um, so I, I will give you a hint. When you think of a three back, think of the the two outside mids are more defensive. Or, they might yeah. be a, they might play outside backs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, there's three center mids and then those two wing backs, kind of. So who do you got? Ooh, I mm, I just remembered one. Maybe I'm wrong. So the fullback. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Coleman. Okay. I'm gonna stick with him. And then said defensive. Hmm. I'm gonna go with um, Barnes. No, not Barnes. Baines. No, no, not Baines. Um, damn, forgot his name. Uh, Barnes, right? Barnes and Barnes. No. Baines. Yeah, Lincoln Baines. Yes. There you go. On the left, and then midfield. Here's what I'm gonna go with. 2017. One of them scored. One of them scored, and that's why I didn't say it because I think this was a very iconic goal for him. Uh. Da, 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 da. Oh, let's go with Garrett Barry. I don't know if that's going to be correct. Maybe I'll just put his name there. All right. That's one. Uh, let's see. Damn, midfielder, midfielder, midfielder. I'm going to go with 2017. Jeez. Damn. I'm blanking. Uh, give me a hint. Is it uh, any? They're both English. They're, the other both two are both English. English. Okay, like, damn. That doesn't help. Uh, and that doesn't help me. Uh, I don't want to one, one. I won't get say the other one because I think I'll, it'll be too obvious if I give you a hint. One of them, uh, has been training with the England under 21s for about four or five years now, and he's about 25. <laughs> oh, I know who it is now. Oh, I know who it is. All right, uh, Tom Davis, <laughs> Tom Davis. Yeah. What did I say? I said Garrett Barry, Tom Davis, and let's go with uh Damn I damn I'm blank. Uh I know this. I'm gonna go with Ah man. I'm not, I'm probably gonna... He's an iconic Ever Everton player. He doesn't play there anymore. Uh oh, um damn, I just had his name. Uh, let's go with Kevin Neesman. Neesman. Nelsman. I'm gonna, um, go. Uh, Steven, <laughs> Steven Naismith, I think is who you Oh, that's what I meant, yeah. But okay. that's, it wasn't him, it wasn't him either. So you've gotten four out of five. Oh, all right, woo! Uh, all right. so it was Ross Barkley was the one you were missing. Oh, yeah, all right. That's why, because I could have been like, oh, he went to Chelsea, it would have been too obvious, but... Fair play. I think the Tom Davies hint might have been one of my crowning moments. He, I don't. <laughs> can we talk about this really quickly? He's yeah, like twenty-five, ahead. and he is still with the England on twenty-ones. How does it happen? Because <laughs> he plays with them and he captains them, but he's like twenty-five. I don't understand it. It that always is, throws me off. That is actually really, really funny. I, I actually now now think of it. I do remember that. That was a hell of a goal he scored. I mean, I don't know where his career went back, but hell, he scored that goal, and that all matters. Well, damn. I, all right, I'll take that four out of five. All right, let's go. Um, all right, let's see if you can get this right. 2011, first leg of the round of 16. Barcelona. This is the mighty Barcelona, mind you, yep. against Arsenal. Arsenal win the first leg 2-1. Who scored the second goal for Arsenal? 
So this is good because I, I was watching Arsenal this time. So okay. I'm trying to think. Knowski, I'm trying to think of like old, old Arsenal players. <laughs> so like, that was Van Persie's prime. Yeah. So it could have been him. Did, I don't. So he did score in this game. So I'll take away off the list. He did score okay. in the game. So okay. he's one player, and then there's obviously another one. I'm trying to. I I really want to say Theo Walcott, but I also don't know if he was there. Oh, oh it could have been Jervinho. It could have been Jervinho. <laughs> I think you're gonna love this name when I when it wins announced. It's a, it's a player. I will say that had one of the best games in a very short span with Arsenal. I'll give you a hint there. Is it Podolski? <sighs> is it Podolski? If I, 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 if I give you another hint, I'd probably spoil it. I is it. Oh, is it Bentner? Is it Bentner? Was he there at that point? No, it's Nicholas Bentner. I'm going that. I'm going that. The answer. Is that your final answer? Nicholas yeah, Bentner? I'm going to go with it. It could, be, it could be Ox, but I don't think Ox was there yet either. The answer is incorrect. It's Andre El Shavin. Oh, El Shavin. Remember? Four goals. Oh, man. Come on. If you had given me me another hint, I would have gotten it. Because I was going to say this, but I would have spoiled it. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. But, I mean, hey, you brought up Jorginho. You brought in Walcott, Pulowski. No, Andre. Andre El Shavin. El Shavin. There he is. All right. Well, you've won this. I, mathematically, I think you've won. But I'll give you my the two strikers for Chelsea. Or not Chelsea, for Everton. I think, I think you said I think you said them both. Wait, wait hold up. 2017. Let's see if I can get these two right. I have an idea. I'll give I'm you, good. I will say, Adam O'Luckman came off the bench. So if you're thinking him, it's not him. No, wait. So it's Lukaku. That's right. So I... The second one gets me because I, I had there was a name that came up, but I'm not sure this is correct. Now I will ask for one hint if that's possible. If what nationality not, they play for? I'm not gonna say because it's too obvious. All right. I will say he's not a striker. He's not traditionally a striker. He usually doesn't. Right. All right, got you. Kevin Morales, Belgium. God damn it. Okay, hey, fair play, man. Fair play. <laughs> I, if I, had said, Morales, I had it in my mind. I was like, hold up. Kevin Morales had once upon a time um, a humongous <laughs> game. And I thought, I'm like, I think, forgot what name. When you said something, I popped up in my head. When we I said, I probably said Stephen Naismith. And you probably like, the no, Scottish. no. I think some something just, I'm like, Kev, I remember Kevin Morales. Yep, there you go. If I had said Belgian, you would have, it, would have, it was over. Yeah, would have, well, I, yeah, I knew it probably. Uh, well, okay. Last one. Yep. Real Madrid in their 10th historical Champions League crowning title beat Atletico Madrid 4-1. We're in a game where Sergio Ramos scored the iconic kind of last-minute goal. But the question is, who scored for Atletico Madrid first in that game? What year was it? 2014. I almost just said Mario Mandzukic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny one. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. This is a flat out guess, but I think it was Diego Godin. That your final answer? Yeah. Your answer is correct. Yes. Correct. There you go. Yeah. He's going off a header. Yeah, I gave him one nothing league, and obviously, you know what happened left. But yes, you got the last one right, Diego Godin. 
I was in a hotel room in New Hampshire watching that game, and me and my I dad were going crazy when he scored. I was so I was I I felt so disappointed in in Lake Madrid. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just I my sister and all my family members. I mean, we were just happy, and I'm like, I'm not happy. I'm, it's clearly you know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Dan, I mean, all right, cool. All right, we'll, I think we'll leave it there. We don't have anything left much this week. I mean, coming up, we will have um, the Champions League. We'll have our, our, fin- our finalists. We'll talk about more of La Liga, see what happens there. More news in the transfer window. Obviously, we're finishing up in the Premier League. And obviously, there's a lot more football to get into during this time period as well. Uh, so we'll leave it there, Ben. Any last words that you want to say? Shout out Damian Tico Rivera in his first ever MLS start in the very first minute for the New England Revolution. He scored. Uh, he's a Rhode oh, yeah. Island guy. He's a Rhode Island guy. So he's, I, uh, and I'm like, we have a lot of like mutual friends. Um, so I've never actually met him, but congratulations, Damian Rivera, Bruce Arena, bring in Justin Rennox, bring in Damian Rivera. They're both scoring on their debut. So fantastic for the revolution. And they won. So that's my parting words. <laughs> Shout out to Walker Zimmerman. Got a new contract. Yeah, the highest paid players now in the MLS. So shout out to him. Very happy. We'll get into more MLS again. This is obviously, you know, much more we'll get into. But uh, great show. And we'll be back next week 